Hey, welcome, welcome, welcome everyone to Salenti and the Judge. Two freedom fighters, and that's what we're doing. We're fighting for our freedom that has been stolen from us right in front of our eyes. And there is no one in America, no legal expert more qualified with a track record that proves it than Judge Andrew Napolitano to tell you how our freedom is being stolen from us at the, quote, highest order. The government lies about its secrets, and its secrets are robbing us of our privacy, of our rights as Americans, and it's just a disgrace to the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, and what was called the Declaration of Independence. Judge Napolitano, please tell us about the government lies about its secrets. Uh, good morning, Gerald. Always a pleasure to be with you. You just keep tempting me with uh, freshly ground espresso. I didn't even have to get the words out of my mouth, and there's that cup mm. on the screen. The latest stunt that the government has been using has been occurring in courtrooms, and some reporters have picked up on it and some haven't, but those of us who monitor the government for a living, particularly those of us who are lawyers, are aware of what they're doing. And it's, called, it's, it's something called the state secrets privilege. Basically, when the government doesn't want to uh, litigate a case for fear that it will be embarrassed or fear that its uh, unlawful behavior will be exposed, it will tell the court uh, that their defense consists of state secrets, which, if revealed, would adversely affect national security. Incredibly, most judges buy that nonsense. They don't say, okay, show me the secrets and I'll look at them and I'll decide if they're secrets and I'll decide if, once they're revealed, they would adversely affect national uh, security. In two instances last week, this came to a head. One in Guantanamo Bay, where the government had claimed a thousand pages uh, of documents were secret, when counsel, defense counsel walked into the courtroom with these thousand pages, with no redactions on them, fully marked, classified, but everything exposed. Where'd they get those from? From the Freedom of Information Act. The CIA, which prepared the documents, didn't think there was anything secret on there, but the government prosecutors lied to a judge and said, this stuff is secret and we can't share it with the uh, defense counsel. Now, here's the kicker. Were the government lawyers punished for this deception? Absolutely not. The judge was not happy, but there's no uh, sanction when something like this happens because the government doesn't punish its own. In a second case, earlier this week, in the Supreme Court of the United States, we learned that the FBI sent an undercover agent to live and work and pray among a group of Muslims in Northern California. He found no evidence of crime, no evidence of foreign involvement, nothing national security-wise. So he began to rile them up and suggested jihad and murder and killing. These Muslims called the FBI on this guy, unaware that he was one of their own and said, there's a guy who just joined our, uh, our uh, mosque and he's suggesting we kill people. We think you should know about it. When the case came to court, 
the FBI and the federal prosecutor said, state secrets, we can't tell you what happened. We can't tell you who he was. We can't tell you why he was there. We can't tell you what he learned. Well, Justice Gorsuch and Justice Kagan, two ideological opposites on the Supreme Court, would have none of this on Monday when they basically said, we all know that the state secret doctrine is a fraud. We all know that you guys use it to preserve, uh, to, to protect yourself from embarrassment or revelation of your unlawful activity. We, you, we haven't written an opinion yet, but why don't you just pay them for the damages you caused by joining their group? Or why don't you just reveal these so-called secrets and let the jury decide if it's a defense? So we have this rampant lying by government in cases where the public doesn't see and without recourse and without punishment. And when the public does learn about it, here's my beef, Gerald. There's no outrage. There's no outrage because there's just a few people like you and me and Tom Woods that are doing these things and, and, and Jesse Ventura and doing these things to expose the government's excesses. But the public is so inured to it. Their sensitivity is so dulled that they're not outraged when they learn what the government gets away with. That is reprehensible. And it shows me a dark future coming, darker than the present times. Uh, you know, I don't know where to begin here. You know, well, you, you said that, first of all, you said most judges buy that nonsense. They buy it because they believe that when the government says something will adversely affect national security, the government should have the benefit of the doubt. Gerald, the government should never have the benefit of the doubt. What is government? Government is a monopoly of force in a geographical area. Government is the negation of liberty. If anything, the government should have the opposite of the benefit of the doubt. The government should have to prove irrefutably everything that it says because it is utterly unworthy of belief. And we know that from these cases at Guantanamo Bay in federal courts in America and all the way to the Supreme Court of the United States. Well, as I look at it, when most judges buy that nonsense, they're political hacks. I'm sorry to say that there is, there is truth in your argument. They are at least behaving like political hacks. I mean, they, they run under, uh, under parties. The yes. Democrats are Republicans. Let, let me tell you about uh, three judges who did something <laughs> you and I agree with, and, and the uh, um, Biden administration encouraged disobedience. When OSHA, the Occupational Health and Safety Administration, finally came out with its regulations on Friday, that every employer of 100 or more persons must be certain that those persons have been vaccinated. OSHA telling employers how to run their businesses on their private property. About 25 state attorneys general and uh, owners of businesses filed a complaint to enjoin it. Within five hours, a panel of three judges in the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals headquartered in New Orleans enjoined the Biden <laughs> rules and referred to them as, and I've rarely seen <coughs> this phrase, Gerald, grave constitutional threats, grave, meaning just looking at these regulations, they are more likely than not unconstitutional. 
That was an example of judges doing the right thing. And what did the Biden administration say? The Biden administration <laughs> said to employers, disregard this injunction. Yep. They're actually telling people to disregard an order of a federal court. So yep. here's what I say, and I suspect you say it as well. When OSHA comes knocking and wants to see how many of your employees have been vaccinated, say to the kind and gentle OSHA inspector, may I see your search warrant? Well, we don't have a warrant. Get out of here. That's great. Get out of here. <laughs> Go get a walk. <clears throat> great. That, that's a Valenti <clears throat> South Bronx phrase. <laughs> get out of here. <laughs> no, I, I, could, I could see how, how, how upset you are about all this. And, and again, you know, a hundred or more, right? You have to get a uh, <clears throat> vaccination. How, how come it's not 99 or more? Uh, very good, uh, very good question. So uh, the, the people who work in, in environments where there are nine, one to 99 uh, fellow employees, they're not going to get sick. I mean, that shows the whole thing is irrational. Exactly. The whole thing is a political stunt to, to please Joe Biden's base. And, and again, you know, it's bigger than America. I mean, this is going on everywhere. <clears throat> they're, they're making it up in all countries. I mean, you look at what's going on in Australia. You want to call a fascist, communist, dictator nation. You can't, you can't look at a better deal than that one. I mean, Australia has come full circle. It started out as a penal colony, and it's now reverted to a penal colony. Wow, perfectly said. You know, you made so many comments here. You said the government doesn't punish its own. I, I just before you, you comment on that, I think we're misinterpreting by using the word government. Government gives them legitimacy. Yes. Who are they? Who is this, quote, government? Name the names of this, quote, government. They're little arrogant boys and girls. Most little daddy's boys born on third base and thought they had a home run. Oh, who's your daddy? Oh, Nancy Pelosi. Hey, how did you get there, Nancy? Oh, you mean your daddy wasn't the mayor of Baltimore back in the big days? Oh, yeah. Hey, hey little Georgie Bush. Little Georgie Bush of nothing. How did you get there? Oh, my daddy was president. My granddaddy was Prescott Bush. Oh, yeah, yeah. Hey, little Andy Cuomo. Arrogant little Andy. Oh, and your brother, fat mouth uh, Chrissy boy. How did you guys get there? Oh, Daddy was Mario, and you know what? I'm going to need rain the Tappan Zee Bridge in New York after my Daddy, because my Daddy means more than your Daddy. So let's stop using this word government. But all of these things that you just pointed out in your own inimitable way cease to shock. They have become so commonplace the people who run the government get away with so much that the anger that you and I and, and our colleagues who do this for a living manifest is the exception rather than the rule. It doesn't matter who's president. It doesn't matter which party controls the Congress. It's the same. These are our weaknesses and evil events at the heart of government. We can lie, we can cheat, we can steal, we can torture, we can kill, and we can keep it secret. Uh, 
And you know, you said it, you know, as you were talking, the rampant lying by government. It's rampant. They're lying to us all the time. You know, let me tell you something. You know, that guy Saddam Hussein, he has weapons of mass destruction and ties to Al-Qaeda. How come he hasn't been brought up on, on war crime charges? You know, I'm going to tell you a story. Um, you know, I, I used to do a lot of speaking for different groups. You still do. Yeah, oh yeah, I still do. And, and uh, I did one for the Olympics. And it was in Chicago. Chicago was fighting for the Olympics at the time. And the guy that was one of the head guys there came over to me. His father worked for the CIA. And he said that Cheney kept going over to, what, what, what's that, that place in, in uh, Virginia? Um, where the CIA? Yeah. Langley. And he said he'd go over there and the guys just at the computers and he said, you find any evidence? And he said, no, sir. Yes, no, sir. And... And Cheney kept going back a couple of times until the guy, one of the guys said, yeah, you know, we, we, we're not sure, but we think we may. In other words, they kept pressuring him, pressuring him, pressuring him. And, you know, you're a young guy. You look up to these clowns as a kid. I mean, I did. You know, when I, I was a younger person, I didn't know what I know now. I used to look up to, to the people. And, and, and they kept pushing him. And they finally came out with this baloney, you know, that you remember Colin Powell holding up a little piece of colon crap that big to the UN, this is proof. Yeah, yeah. How come these people haven't been brought up on war crime charges? Well, uh, Colin Powell is, of course, deceased, and he, he destroyed his, his legacy uh, with that one speech, and I think he lived to regret it. George W. Bush has actually been charged with war crimes by a magistrate in Spain, so it's an EU-wide charge, so I'm sure he knows this that if he goes anywhere in the EU, theoretically, he could be uh, arrested uh, until the matter is resolved. He's been charged with war crimes. I don't know uh, if Dick Cheney has as well. Um, but they made it look legitimate. They got the UN okay. to go along with it. They didn't get a declaration of war. They got an authorization to use military force, which was open-ended and still existed. Yeah. And even Donald Trump relied on it when he killed some people with the drones in the second half of his term. People that were young people uh, at the time the authorization to use military force was enacted had nothing to do uh, with the reasons for it. The government knows how to get away with things, and it knows how to veil its behavior or mask its behavior with the veil of legitimacy. Again, the word government, I and mean, we're talking about individuals. And, and why, by the way, why can't, who, how can like a person like myself file charges against, and, and, and you're not, you know, we have to be careful with our language. You call them Dick Cheney. Maybe penis Cheney would be more proper, you know? You don't want to call him a dick Cheney. How, how, can, how can, like, a regular person uh, file a judgment against their war crime acts? Well, there's, there's no procedure for that. I mean, the, the charge against George W. Bush is in the International Criminal Court, to which the United States is not even a signatory. So if he were foolish enough to go into a country where the U.S., where, where the country is a signatory, 
he could be arrested there and and brought before the Spanish magistrate, and then the uh, the process uh, would begin. According uh, to the Declaration of Independence, when you could file criminal <clears throat> charges uh, against another person, I don't know if you can do it in New York State where you are now. There's no provision for doing that in the federal system because that requires a grand jury, which requires a prosecutor uh, summoning the grand jury. Because, you know, there's this thing called the Declaration of Independence. You know, they, they say over here that, um, that to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, deriving their just power from the consent of the governed. Well, that was the most important thing that Jefferson said. That was the linchpin of the legitimacy of government, that it have the consent of the governed. And Jefferson was smart enough to know that that consent would have to be reacquired. Jefferson believed the Constitution should expire after 19 years because that was a generation in his era and that it would have to acquire the consent of the governed yet again. You and I don't know anybody, and I would challenge anybody listening to us now to acknowledge if they've consented to the Constitution and the government. No one's consented to it. But that is the absolute requirement for government to be moral, that the people it governs consent to the government. Nobody's consented to it anymore. And it goes on to say that whenever, that whenever any form of government becomes destructive of these ends, it is the right of the people to alter or to abolish it. That's the law of the land. I mean, that was enacted by the Congress. That's not just Jefferson's musings. That is the intellectual and legal beginning of the American Revolution, unanimously agreed to by the members of Congress uh, in Philadelphia when they signed it on, on January 3rd so that it could be promulgated to the public on January 4th. Jefferson. Judge Napolitano, you and I are fighters for freedom. What can we do to unify the people to stand up and fight for their rights? It requires personal courage. It requires an understanding of how uh, government works. It requires doing things like saying to OSHA, you're not coming on my property without a warrant. It requires forcing the government to defend itself uh, in courtrooms, hopefully presided over by judges who have the independent spirit of preserving human liberty, which is what judges uh, are supposed to do. Those who challenged uh, the OSHA regulations on Friday, well, they lucked out. They got a good panel uh, of judges who saw right through what the government is doing. But there's 15 judges on that court. They could just as easily have gotten another panel of three who said, oh, the government did this. It's okay. It's going to keep us uh, healthy. You know, justice shouldn't be determined by the personality of the judges. <laughs> but unfortunately, it is. So if you keep knocking on the door, if you keep challenging the government at every turn, if you do so knowledgeable of your rights and with personal courage, you might just end up in a courtroom uh, with a judge who agrees with you. And then the government will have its feet to the fire, will be forced to defend morally, legally, and constitutionally what it's trying to do. You know, by the way, what do you think this, the Supreme Court is going to have to act on this, aren't they? I would think so. I would think so. If the, you know, the, the 
three-judge panel ordered the government, the Department of Justice, to reply by Monday night. They did. Then they gave the uh, the people who filed the complaint, a bunch of state attorneys general, another day to reply until Tuesday night. They did. Then the three-judge panel will rule again. Whoever loses, this will go uh, to the Supreme Court. The DOJ can't take this sitting down. And the plaintiffs, those challenging this, have such a great argument. They're not going to... Uh, they're not going to take it sitting down either. So one way or another, it goes to the Supreme Court. In my opinion, Supreme Court won't hear it. The Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals injunction will stay in place while the court examines line by line the regulations that the government has imposed and says, where's this in the Constitution? Where's this in the Constitution? How do you get into private property into the Constitution? How do you tell the operator of a, of a business under the Constitution how to run his business? These are the questions the courts are going to ask the Department of Justice, which they don't want to answer because they can't. You know, I asked the question, how do we change this? And when I listen to you and what you say, what you know, and you stick by the facts, it's going to take a judge, a true judge, to really change this direction of this country. And someone like you is the leader, as I see it, to to make this happen. The only way I, I can see a change happening is we have to, again, you keep using that term government. And again, I don't look at it as a government. I look at it as a crime syndicate. The re Republicans and Democrats are repulsivkins and dumbocrats. You know, they're murderers and thieves. They steal our money in the names of too big to fails and all the dirty deals that they give their friends. Yeah. And they lie us into war after war killing millions, costing us trillions as this country goes down. You know, I, 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 the only way I see it right now is for a new movement and someone like you to be that spokesperson for the movement. More for us to talk about, Gerald. And we'll talk about it soon. Thank you very much, Judge, for, for all you do, what you give, your passion, your knowledge, your caring, and your true spirit and love of America. Thank you Thank so you. much. Thank you for letting me share your great audience with you, Gerald. All the best.